previously on A Game Called Quest. Alright, this is what we're going to do, alright? I am Daisy the Riftwood Hero. Does that not mean anything to you? Thorn can talk to animals. Okay, how do I talk to you? Talon cocks her head to the side, and you just hear, I'm here. We're going to find Maya. A great lays down on the grass and starts talking to, like, the ground. Like, ah, uh, Maya! And he grimaces, we serve the monarch to the best of our ability. And then we're going to go back to our old worlds. Dr. Chittle does not remember their old self at all. The master... They're a god. Let's go find more pages of this guidebook and hope that it leads us to Maya before we all lose our memories. Greetings, adventurers, and welcome back to another episode of A Game Called Quest. We're so happy to have you back with us today for another interesting tale. I'm Rose, and I will be your guide this evening. Firstly, I'd like to say thank you, thank you, thank you for being such an amazing support system already. The fact that we already have over 150 Twitter followers and we're leaning on 200 soon, and the fact that we have 500 plays a month and we only just started, it means so, so much to us. We wish that we knew who you were, so we hope that you will tweet at us and... Uh, send us reviews on iTunes so that we can send love back to you and we are just so happy to know that people are listening to this podcast and enjoying it. Secondly, I wanted to make a quick announcement, which is that we're going to be starting to run a few ads during a brief commercial break. We're hoping to, as a part of this ad break, feature one marginalized artist every episode. And then we're also going to be doing a few monetized ads as well in order to help us support the organization and the artists that are working on this podcast. You can easily skip the ads if you're not interested, though you should definitely listen to the first one because that's where we'll be featuring the new artist every other week. All right, that's all I've got for today. So without further ado, let's get into the game. Hope you enjoyed this episode of A Game Called Quest. All right, so... Our story continues as our four heroes begin their trek through the Riftwood, looking to find the Riftwood Village. However, the Riftwood Village is quite a bit away, so we're going to be learning a lot about the land where we are as we embark on the next leg of our adventure. We start with a wide view of the forest, which stretches out farther than the eye can see. Perhaps we're looking at it with a bit of a bird's eye view, but even from up in the sky, you can't quite tell where the forest ends and the horizon begins. And these thick, lush trees of all varieties spread out far in multiple directions. You can see birds flying out from various parts. You can see creatures dancing along the treetops of uh, lots of different kinds. You see unnatural colors, like there's this one area where you just can see like a dash of quickly moving something bright, bright neon blue, but you can't quite tell what it is. You can see there are parts where the trees are sparkling in a way that is not disconcerting, but definitely magical in nature. And after getting this wide view of this intensely lush and full and yet 
extremely magical forest. We duck down through the trees, following the bird's eye view with a rustle as the flapping of a bird's wings, a large bird lands on the shoulder of one of our adventurers and looks around at the rest of the group. And for a moment, we see through Talon's eyes these four heroes, or it's not quite clear yet whether they're heroes, I suppose. So why don't you each give me a description of what we see of each one of you as you're walking along this poorly, it's not very well tread. It's, it's, a, it's a loosely tread path. Zach is having a bit of an experience he his senses are being are like overwhelming him almost uh you can see him looking around uh like everywhere sort of wide-eyed but like also really like engaged and intrigued like as we follow daisy the riftwood hero through the forest zach in thorn's body is like looking around at the ground at all these different tracks that he's seeing because as Thorn and his body, he's got this ability to, for free, uh, that he can track any animal and see what type of creature it is. So he's looking around and he's like, you can hear him like whispering under his breath, like a squirrel, deer. <laughs> oh, oh, badger. Okay. And then he starts like looking around at like the sky and he, you can hear him like listening intently. He's almost like walking with his eyes closed and he's like, uh, okay. Uh, interesting. Uh, so it's like I can know the weather now. So he, he's got these like two abilities. He's got like track and he's got read the winds and he can sort of know, you know, just like see animal tracks and see like what the weather's going to be uh, for the next few days. So Rose, can you tell me what's the weather going to be like for the next few days in this region? Yeah. So I think um, you're looking at a clear sky for most of today. It's It's early evening. So you're looking at a clear sky uh, and fair warmth for most of uh, the rest of the evening. But it, when night hits, it's going to get very, very cold. And then actually something it, you can't quite put your finger on. It's, it's like a mixed bag. Then like it's, you're like, this place is going to be sunny and rainy at the same time. Oh, okay. That's even, that would be even weirder for him because he's not used to like getting the weather you know update like in his head and then to be told that there's magical weather you know that doesn't make any sense that's going to be even weirder for him so yeah, he's do like you want to go ahead and give a quick description of what that move is so that we know what zach is experiencing yeah read the winds for for zero adventure points i can concentrate on the language of the wind sensing weather patterns in your region of the world you're able to glimpse the weather for glimpse the weather forecast for the next few days in the region of the world now i could spend two adventure points and i get to choose myself what it is but i don't think that's important right now i just want to sort of give you know the idea of zach you know just sort of being like overwhelmed in his senses of all this different stuff yeah even even with uh, so with track as well it says when you find tracks you can instantly identify the type of creature that left them if it's an animal the guide will share a fact that you know about them like their habits or personality traits so i mean i'm sure we're walking through woods there's like a billion animals i'm not going to make you you know say all the habits of all these different animals but i i you know i just get i get the sense that like these sort of almost passive abilities are like working there working on his mind already and he's just like whoa what yeah. do i do with all this information Oh, that's so interesting. Uh, so we definitely get like 
a couple of moments of just like and and maybe it even like you look at the ground and then like these thoughts just like start popping into your head like oh like that squirrel was uh running away from that more that fox so interesting they were right there oh yeah and what if it's in thorn's voice too you know like Ah, uh, yes. Yeah. Uh, I see that there's a uh, squirrel here with a uh, running away from a, another squirrel. Uh, they've been playing a game. Yeah, very interesting. Yeah. But meanwhile, Zach's just so confused. Yeah, Zach's confused. All right, who else? Gray is definitely right up at the front of the group, walking alongside uh, Daisy. Mm-hmm. Like, laser focused straight ahead, but kind of testing out his his new body similar to i want to say how similar to how like like a, a high school boy has to like continuously like oh are they walking through a doorway great they're gonna like jump up and touch the the top of it just because they have the need to do it gotcha yeah yeah he's got like some energy that's come out of like finding his way through this new body he definitely keeps trying to uh, to like reach branches above him that are way out of <laughs> way out of reach, but otherwise is very very focused on keeping up at the front of the group and is very very much like observant but focused ahead and not around. Okay, so you definitely come up to a couple of low hanging branches and jump up and like hit them, but then there's one that is a little bit higher up and you can't quite reach it because you're too short and as as gray's doing this you could swear that you heard you could hear the faintest sound of like a crowd cheering as he each time that he actually reaches one of these branches and the tiniest uh the tiniest sound of a buzzer every time that he misses one Are those ma- are those magical sounds, or are you like doing like the? <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, these are these are magical sounds. Using <laughs> using maybe both. My thought was he's he's thinking this in his head and like not realizing that he's he's using magic tricks, like that that's uh, like his his thoughts are just kind of making that happen as we go through. Oh, I love that. Stacy, who's walking beside you, definitely gives you a sideways glance at the very youthful and odd behavior of this elderly dwarf <laughs> jumping up and slapping trees. Huh. He he kind of gives you a sideways glance and says, My, you're a you're an awfully sprightly fellow. Well, I I wouldn't know I don't know if I would say sprightly. I mean, I'm pretty I'm I'm pretty built here, so uh, oh, I know. I, I see what you mean. Um, yeah. Let's jump over to somebody else. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, <clears throat> Dr. Turtle is, is just kind of just kind of sightseeing, you know, just looking around, observing this new world that that they've never been to. Just occasionally being like, oh, sweet. Um, yeah, just like floating along their merry way. Go ahead and give me a roll real quick. Dr. Turtle. All right. Got an eight. Okay, yeah. You've never been here. Well, wait. Actually, wait. Let me see what... Oh, actually, that's a tough choice. So here's the success, the result of that role. You have been here before. Oh, I have. 
yes, uh, you sort of remember, but alas, because of Dr. Turtle's, like, many travels, it's hard sometimes to tell the difference. So you recognize something about the area, but uh, the tough choice is either it's not a good sign or you remember it, but only for a second and then immediately forget. Hmm. Let's go with it's not a good sign. So Dr. Turtle is like, oh, oh, oh. Yeah, exactly. Because what Dr. Turtle remembers is that this area that you guys are in is sort of known for having, like, being a small war zone. It's, there's often going to, you're often, like, the last time that you, when you read about this area, you were, you learned that these woods have a lot of angry creatures in them. So they often fight with each other randomly throughout the forest. Uh, that's not great. No, not good. Hopefully you guys won't run into anyone. Hmm. Let's jump over to Zuri. Okay, so Zuri's in these woods. She's seeing everybody be crazy, including, um, like, the dwarf man hit a bunch of benches, and she's like, ooh, as long as I don't get hit by any of them. And then she's just like, she's not used to wearing the kinds of clothes clothes that Elise wears, and they're, like, very, like, you know, like, tight and stuffy, and she likes flowy things, so she's, like, very uncomfortable in these clothes. But she's also, like, trying to, like, go through these, like, branches and places. And she just feels, like, completely unprepared uh, for everything that's going on. She looks ahead to the group and everybody's, like, far ahead of her. And she's, like, way back. Yeah, so as you're uh, walking in the back of the group, you're thinking, like, oh, gosh, look at, like, Gray's just, like, hitting these branches. Like, what is going on with him? And then you look up and suddenly you see, like, one of the branches is hanging down right in your face. But then <laughs> as if, like, some kind of, like, in in a feat of instant unknowable reflexes, you just duck underneath of it really, really quickly in a way that you had never been able to do before. <laughs> Which I'm just like, okay, cool. and the, But I'm also like kind of irritated because he has no spatial awareness and that he almost hit me with this big branch. So I just take like a little pebble and I just like throw it at his head. Go ahead and give me a roll. <laughs> yes. Uh, okay, let me see. So God, I don't want to accidentally kill him or anything. It's just a tiny little pebble. Okay. I rolled a 19. Yeah, so you you don't, like, hurt him, of course, because you're not trying to hurt him. But that is a success. So it's a very impressive success, basically, <laughs> is what happens. You throw the pebble, and it, like, ricochets off of one of the branches and then hits, hits our door friend square in the back, like, right between the shoulder blades with quite expert aim. <laughs> Great stops where he is. You hear the very faint sound of sneakers squeaking against uh, hardwood, and he turns around and looks up in the direction of the branch that Rick shade off of. Very, very confused. <laughs> At least just kind of like, or Zuri just kind of like snickers 
And she's like, she feels better now. Having done that, she feels like she's gotten a win. And now that she <laughs> recognizes that she's as agile as she is, she feels like a more confident walking through these woods. And she's like, yeah, I did that. When the um, pebble ricocheted back, she picks it up and puts it in her pocket as a keepsake. So now she has both a dandelion and a pebble in her pocket. <laughs> you can have that be one inventory item. Uh, oh, shoot. you don't have to take up two. No, oh, right, like you okay, can just right. have the dandelion and the pebble take up just one inventory space. Okay, cool, cool. The dandelion is special, though. I want everyone to understand that the dandelion is extremely special to me. So sweet. So Daisy is taking up the lead with Gray slash Yasoga sort of pushing a little bit to keep up. Daisy has, as I mentioned, they are like very, very heroic looking. Like that's the only way I can really describe it. They're totally like built. They've got these flowing robes. There's definitely gleaming. You can see the gleam of armor underneath and their big horse body is just like super confident, just trekking through the woods, uh, stomping over the uh, trees and leaves and totally unfazed by any of the terrain. Whereas the rest of you guys, with the exception of maybe uh, Dr. Turtle, since he can float and Elise because she has some innate reflexes. Uh, you're, the rest of you guys are just kind of f barely able to sort of figure out like how to navigate. And even even Zori in your slightly more ref reflexive body, like there's still like the further you guys go, it gets more and more difficult. Like it gets more and more rocky. It gets more the foliage gets thicker and thicker. The path gets thinner and thinner. And as uh, the five of you guys are making your way through the woods, you hear off in the distance the clash of metal and a couple of angry cries and shouts coming from the distance. What do you do? And that is where we're going to go to commercial. Enjoy the artist spotlight. Hi, Manny here. I play Dr. Turtle and Gareth, and I'm super excited to introduce this episode's spotlight, Alice Kira. Alice Kira, Shifei, is an independent TTRPG writer, podcaster, and general powerhouse content creator. Fae can be listened to throughout the actual play podcasting universe, bringing to life numerous iconic trans female heroes. One project worth checking out is Unlabeled AP, an actual play of Masks A New Generation, where she plays the roller derby-obsessed technomage, Crash Override. She can also be found on Twitter at at MagicalGirlKira or on Ichio at Magical-Girl-Kira.Ich.Io where she has created an array of unique games such as Hollytech and Jollymancy, a game about misfit North Pole workers coming together to save Christmas. You can support Alice by joining her Patreon or consuming any of her amazing TTRPG nerdy things she has created. Links to find all of her work and her social media can be found in the description box. Thank you! your friendly neighborhood guide. I'm here to tell you about a fun new piece of news. This podcast is now part of the Audible Podcast Affiliate Program. Audible is an amazing way to find access to tons of great books. If you think about it, audiobooks are really the original podcasts. In the ancient days of the 90s and the early 2000s, before Spotify and Stitcher and Apple Podcasts, there were cassette tapes of Lord of the Rings and CDs of Stephen King novels. In modern times, we have to get a bit more creative with our audiobooks, and that's why there's Audible. 
There are also so many ways to support queer writers and writers of color by downloading their books. Here is a few fantasy or sci-fi suggestions that we'd like to offer. The Priority of the Orange Tree by Samantha Shannon. Considered by some to be the best epic fantasy book since Game of Thrones. Hazel and Grey by Nick Stone, which is an African-American retelling of Hansel and Gretel. The New York Times bestseller of Blood and Bone by Nora Roberts. And Gideon the Ninth by Tamsin Moore, a story about a lesbian space necromancer. Hazel and Gray and The Priority of the Orange Tree are both Audible exclusives. You can get a free one-month Audible trial by visiting www.audibletrial.com slash a game called quest. That trial includes one token to get a free audiobook. So if any of those sound interesting to you, now's your chance. Get the joy of listening to great fantasy stories without the frustration of having to wait for the next podcast episode. Try Audible. Snyder's Return is a tabletop role-playing podcast featuring interviews and a D&D 5e actual play adventure. So you can learn about different game systems and content creation while also listening to us disrupt everyday life on the Sword Coast. We release episodes every Tuesday and Thursday on your podcasting platform. So come join us as we improvise, adapt and overcome. And now back to our quest. You hear off in the distance the clash of metal and a couple of angry cries and shouts coming from the distance. What do you do? Daisy, is, is, that, uh, is that the town? Daisy furrows their eyebrow and uh, flips their long hair, their luscious long locks, and says, no, we're, in, we're quite a ways away from the town. Oh, maybe, maybe that's Maya over there. At least before she even, or Zuri, before she even can like think about what she do, what she's doing, she doesn't even think about it. Like she starts like charging um, towards the sound, like still like trying to kind of conceal herself, but she's still being like a way too um, reckless with her decisions. So she's like rushing to the sound because she immediately is just like. Maya, right? But then she realizes as Zuri that she's not like really the one moving. It's like her body is just like moving normally. And she's like trying to stop herself. So she like bungles back a little bit. Uh, Manny, did, did, did Dr. Turtle have anything that Dr. Turtle wanted to do? Then I'll jump ahead to uh, where Zuri has run ahead. No, uh, all Dr. Turtle says is, those sound like bad vibes, man. And is uh, feeling very uneasy about going over there because of the memory that is like twitching in the back of their mind about this environment itself. But that's that's it. Yeah. So I think the the rest of you kind of are uh, sort of moving cautiously, but Zuri, in a sort of fit of instinct, dashed ahead. And in your hesitation, Zuri, you trip and you fall and uh, break some sticks and you're crawling along the ground uh, and you can see there's like a opening in the trees. You look up and you can see an opening in the trees and as the sun gleams down you can see the area is surrounded. The opening there's like all these massive jagged rocks like spread around it 
but you can't, and you can hear that the sounds are coming from there, but you can't tell what it is. And at that moment, the rest of the group, you guys are a little far back, but you see Zori Elise trip and fall. So what do you do? Uh, whoa, uh, new body. <laughs> Great. I don't think that's very funny right now. And uh, Zach will help her up. So the commotion is loud enough that uh, you can now hear the clashing of swords, the pinging of arrows coming from the distance. Whatever's happening in this clearing is definitely a fight of some kind. But we can't see anything yet. Yeah, you'd have to move a little bit closer in order to really uh, make out what's happening. Let's let's sneak ahead. Excellent. Uh, Daisy, Daisy goes, trots his feet on the ground, uh, pacing awkwardly in place and says, uh, Well, I am great in most situations that involve violence. If the plan is to be stealthed in some way, it is perhaps not wise that I join you. And you what? can tell that every time he steps, he makes loud noises because he's a he's half horse. I just I just wanna I, I think I just wanna take a closer look. Just just hold on. Um here, uh you you keep talon with you and I'm gonna hand <laughs> I'm gonna try to hand talon to Daisy. Daisy uh, shrugs back and uh, does not look comfortable uh, with the bird on his arm and tenses up completely, not feeling it. Very well. I shall protect this creature with my life. And he draws his sword very uncomfortably. Is everyone sneaking ahead or is it just, is it just Thorn? Uh, Gray's definitely going like, to gonna follow up behind so, uh, how are you guys going about this sneaking? Like, what's the, what's the method of your stealth? What is the terrain? Did you say there's rocks? Like, are the rocks blocking our way? Are the trees blocking our way? The bushes? What's blocking our way? There is a wide open space that you can see, like an opening in the trees, and uh, but your vision is obscured by all of the uh, rocks and trees and foliage that surrounds it like there's like all these vines hanging down you just can't see you can see blurred movement but you can't tell like what is happening so you would have to go all the way up to the edge of the clearing basically in order to get a full idea of what's going on you might be able to go a little bit closer and learn a little bit more depends on how close you want to get honestly hmm. come on come on y'all let's let's see what this is all right yeah ride the wave dude <laughs> So how close would you like to get? And how are you, what's your stealth approach? I'm a flow. Any, any, yeah, I mean, it's going to be different for each of us, right? I mean. Yeah, so each of you guys describe to me what it looks like as you stealth up to the uh, edge of the clearing. Yeah, Dr. Turtle tends not to make many sounds except for outside of their mouth. Outside, uh, in turns mouth? I don't know. Anywho, um, so they're just going to glide, try to avoid... You know, low-hanging branches and stuff. Just just floating on by. That's it. Yeah, so you duck up and down. No, that's good. You duck up and down, kind of weaving slowly between the low-hanging branches and vines. Your toes barely skidding across the top of rocks as you make it up to the front. What about Yasul Gray? <laughs> oh, gosh. He 
He's definitely not being the most careful with his steps. He's ducking his head, which he definitely does not need to do, and is following just a little bit too closely behind Zach, because uh, I, I believe he's in the, the lead. Yeah, so you're right up behind Zach, and what is Zach, what is Zach doing? He's trying to tap into Thorn's uh, ranger, rangery plant person-ness, and I don't actually have a move for it, though. There's there's no, like, sneaky move for the ranger, <laughs> uh, at least not right now that I have. And so he's just like, he's like, okay, one with the plants, one with the plants. And he's just trying to, like, move, like, as flowingly as he can, you know, the way Thorn would. Uh, but I don't know how good he's doing. Yeah, I mean, I'd say since you're leading this action, let's have you make the die roll to see how it goes. Okay. What's, what's Zuri doing? I feel like we haven't heard... Oh, yeah. Zuri, are you getting up off the ground and joining? Yeah, I thought I was, like, farther ahead of them. Am I not? Am I a little far back at this Well, they just, they just caught up with you. They caught up. Okay. So, yeah, like, I think I'm, like, still, like, fumbling but getting up because my... Even though I'm, like, confused about how my body just started moving the way it did, um, I'm still, like, concerned about finding Maya. So I've kind of put those second thoughts to rest and my priority is to just like see what the sound is so i definitely like go farther ahead are you trying to go stealthily or are you just going i think a mixture but i'm still being like a little bit reckless i think but not as much like it's still like i'm still like the speed is still my concern but i'm still trying to be stealthy about it yeah so i think go ahead and make that roll ben and uh let's see how this goes for the gang Oh, I rolled, I rolled well. I rolled an 18 for us. Ooh. Excellent. Yes. So I think, you know, as kind of the group leader of this moment, you managed to kind of keep the, keep everyone in together. So yes. that helps you guys maintain like a group stealth kind of. Uh, do you want to describe what that looks like? Yeah, I do. So like when Zuri's like trying to like go past me, I sort of just like reach out and like grab her and like pull her like into like pace with me. And we're just sort of like pacing in step. And I don't really, I don't think Dr. Turtle needs any help, <laughs> but, uh, and then I think Yasolga or sorry, Gray is like stepping in my footsteps, like, like, okay, he stepped there, he stepped there. And so we sort of sneak up to this edge of the, um, brush. Yeah. Awesome. And so as the four of you guys peek over the edge of a rock, you manage to find a large enough one that can conceal you and allow you to see. The image before you becomes very strikingly clear. What you see is a blur. Well, it's not a blur, but it is a bunch of beings moving extremely fast and a blur of bright, shining colors. At first, you think maybe it's people wearing armor, but then you realize what you're looking at is actually like silverish scales in varying shades. It is two groups, small groups. It's They're making a quite a commotion for actually being only six of them in this clearing. But these two small groups are in the midst of battle with each other. Looking closely at the scaled beings, you can see that they have a lizard-like form with stocky legs. They can crawl easily on all fours and then attack up on two. Some of them have bows and arrows. Some of them have larger swords or spears. And they're each locked in battle with each other. And you can actually see there are a couple of, there's actually a couple of dead beings uh, lying on the ground or at least unconscious. And uh, there's a lot of like, 
I'm not going to go too deep into it because I, I'm not a huge gore person, but there is like, there is a little bit of like blood and bruising that you can see happening. And uh, in, uh, at one point, two of them lock into sort of a headlock wrestling type of situation where they're just clawing at each other. And then the two of them just like back up and slam against the rock that the four of you are behind, scaring the four of you back down into your hiding spot. What do you do? It's definitely not Maya. We should gracefully exit, my dudes. Zuri's just kind of like frozen by this because I think she had like great hope that maybe this was leading to Maya. So she just doesn't know what to do. She's just kind of like frozen in place. I don't know. Like maybe they know where Maya is. At that moment, there is a sudden flurry of arrows that fly somehow in your direction. It potentially, it's probably just some people that a bunch of people missed their shot at the same time. But they're just, you look up and you suddenly see this flurry of arrows coming towards you. What do you do? From from the inside of this, the clearing or from outside of the clearing? From inside of the clearing. Like somebody missed, like a bunch of people got angry and missed it. But maybe, you know, when you were looking, you could see a couple of people were shooting multiple arrows at once. So this flurry of arrows has just started flying towards you. What do you do? Hit the deck. <laughs> <laughs> are, are these commoners? Um, do we have any information on this battle and if it can help these people? How about everybody give me a fate slash memory roll? Ooh. Hmm. I got another 19. Okay. I also got a 19. Okay. I got a 15. All right. That is three successes. And I got a 20. Ooh! <laughs> oh, oh, my goodness. Oh, my God. We're, we're here to roll today. We, okay. we know everything about this. <laughs> so you would remember that... These creatures are a lizard race called a Lacerti. They are sort of snake people-esque. They are born with built-in armor that is basically like scales made of multiple different colors of metal. And they are universally known throughout the realm for being fierce warriors. I think you would each have possibly some kind of a memory of a creature of this nature in battle, whether it might have been in a fighting pit, on a battlefront, in an artistic depiction of a great fight. The Lacerti are a sentient race that kind of behaves like wolves. They're raised and fostered amongst packs, but they often will be recruited independently or go out on their own. Um, and be found in various places in cities being recruited for basically anything that would benefit from their bravery and courage and incredible strength that they are raised with. The individual packs themselves are somewhat notorious for being fighting other clans of their race. So there's a lot of unrest among the Lacerti themselves. And the reason behind that isn't totally known. It's sort of a society outside of the mainstream so the the reason behind the Lacerta's sort of bloodthirst towards each other is sort of confusing and unknown so yeah that's what you would know about them Dr. Turtle slash Gareth you had uh, basically an epiphany you have gotten a natural 20 on this roll meaning that you have a triumph which means you automatically succeed, and you may even find added fortune. So you know everything that the other three of them know. 
but you also know something else about them that you get to decide. About these snake people? Yeah. These snake people? They don't like if you call out their lisp. (laughs) (laughs) Magical. Yeah, I can work with that. So basically, I think what that means is that because of the shape of the Lysertai's face and the location of their tongue in their mouth, they do have a slight lisp, which it's kind of unspoken of because they're such fierce warriors. It is not wise to draw attention to it. They are confident in their speech and their ability. And therefore, if you try to say if some jerk came up to them and made fun of their lisp, they would probably just beat them up. Like imagine if you tried to tell a giant they were too tall. That giant would just stomp on you. That's kind of how these guys are. And I think right as uh, you are kind of explaining this to the group, you hear from behind one of them cry out a battle cry you will never stop us victory will be ours and that's where we're going to end our episode thank you for listening to a game called quest a game called quest is an actual play audio drama of the tabletop role-playing game quest created by tc sodic The podcast is a creative and collaborative project with lots of hard work from many people, including myself as the producer and editor, my co-editor, Sean, and all of the amazing actors, Manny, Sue, Brett, and Ben. You can find information about all of us and our social medias in the description box. We love sharing this podcast with you and are so glad that you're a part of our community. A Game Called Quest releases bi-weekly episodes on all of your favorite podcasting platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and a variety of others as well. For access to those links, as well as links to our social media, our Discord, and multiple ways to get involved in our community, you can follow our link tree, which is linked in the description box, or follow us on Twitter or Instagram at GameCalledQuest. We love getting to meet fans and getting to interact with you guys, so make yourselves known. Leave us a review on iTunes or just tweet at us what your favorite part of the episode was. We hope you enjoyed the artist spotlight this week. This was a choice that we made because we feel that a lot of times in the nerd tabletop gaming industry, there is a lack of representation of marginalized voices. So much of the mainstream nerd content that is available is primarily produced by cis white men, and even more by cis white people in general. So make sure to support and follow and fund the Artist Spotlight each week so that we can continue to diversify the gaming community and spread the nerdy love. That's all I've got for today, folks. Thank you so much for adventuring with us. And please don't forget to join us next time for A Game Called Quest. 